and welcome to another episode of Health Affairs This Week, the podcast where health affairs editors go beyond the headlines to unpack some of the most notable health policy news of the week. I'm Ellen Bayer. And I'm Jessica Bylander. Today, in a bit of a grab bag style episode, we're talking about several headlines that caught our eyes this week that really span a breadth of important healthcare topics. So today we're talking about the monkeypox outbreak, the latest Medicare trustees report, and shortages in the nursing home workforce. So Ellen, I keep hearing about monkeypox. What in the world is going on with that? So yeah, monkeypox, um, this virus is not new, but certainly it's really rare in most parts of the world. So I think it caught everyone by surprise when we started hearing about it last month when some cases were announced in the UK. And now all of a sudden we're seeing cases creep up around this country and around the world. And as of June 7th, there were over 1,000 cases reported in 29 countries and 35 cases in the U.S. across 11 states and D.C. Um, So those numbers seem really small, but as we learned from COVID, things could change really quickly. Yeah, some of the conversation seems like COVID deja vu, right? Sure does. I mean, with the focus on, again, on testing, contact tracing, and vaccines, and hand hygiene, and quarantine. And even with this small number of cases, there's some concern about the infrastructure for testing here. To to have a case of monkeypox confirmed in the U.S., a healthcare provider has to contact the state health department and send a swab to an officially designated lab. And there are fewer than 100 of these labs in the entire country. So, so far, the CDC says the system's been working, but it seems like that could easily change. And, and some experts are calling for a much broader testing, like what we eventually developed for COVID. But um, on the bright side, the type of mon- monkeypox we're seeing spread now tends to produce a milder illness than the other common variety uh, of the disease. And there are two approved vaccines uh, that can be used to prevent monkeypox infection and either avoid or reduce symptoms for people who've been exposed. So vaccines are now being given to people who are identified as close contacts of confirmed cases, and the CDC is mobilizing to send vaccines to states with reported cases. Okay, but you and I can't just run out to CVS right now and get vaccinated against monkeypox, is that right? Right. That's right, Jess. So as of now, the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices, which advises the CDC, is not recommending monkeypox vaccines for the general public. Um, They're recommended for certain workers who could be exposed on the job, like people working in clinical testing and research labs that handle the virus, or designated public health response workers, and also, as I said, people who've been exposed. So this is something we'll have to continue uh, keeping a close watch on as as we move forward. So what caught your attention this week, Jess? Um, Well, Ellen, I've been reading about the latest Medicare trustees report, which is this annual report that gives the current and projected financial status of two Medicare trust funds. And basically, folks look to this report every year to get a sense of when one of the Medicare funds will run out of money. Wait, say that again? Yeah. So let me backtrack. Uh, Medicare, as we know, is the second largest social insurance program in the U.S. It has 63.8 million beneficiaries and expenditures of $839 billion last year. So there's these two trust funds, one for hospital insurance or Medicare Part A, and the other for supplemental medical insurance or Medicare Part B and Part D, which is for physician, outpatient, prescription drugs, and other non-hospital care. 
So on June 2nd, the trustees released their 2022 report to Congress, and in it, they projected that the hospital insurance trust fund, that first one I mentioned, the reserves would be depleted in 2028, um, at which point what the program spends will exceed what it brings in on a permanent basis. And that's actually two years later than they projected last year when they thought it would run out in 2026. And the other trust fund, meanwhile, the one that covers physician services, is never expected to become insolvent, the difference being that the hospital insurance fund is financed by payroll taxes on current workers, and the physician services fund is paid for by premiums and the Treasury's general fund. So, you know, I remember writing about the Medicare trustees report as a journalist nearly 15 years ago, and it's always seemed like a ticking clock, like when would the fund run out? So what are we supposed to do about this? Yeah, well, it's not like Medicare would actually go bankrupt, um, but insolvency does mean that it wouldn't be able to cover 100% of its expenses and Congress would likely have to intervene. Actually, back in 1975, it was predicted the fund would run out in 1999, um, and that didn't happen. So Congress has already taken action over the the years to buy more time. Um, So in the future, it could mean additional changes to Medicare as we know it today, from increasing out-of-pocket expenses to raising the age for Medicare eligibility to decreasing Medicare reimbursement rates. And those examples I mentioned um, pretty unpopular among um, many sectors. So the trustees report says, you know, the sooner Congress and the White House figure this out, the better, but they aren't prescriptive about what changes should be made. So yeah, we'll leave some links in the show notes about some recent forefront articles we've published on this important issue. So the Medicare financing uh, issues um, relate to another story that I had my eye on this week, um, focusing on the nursing home workforce. There was a national survey released earlier this week that found almost 90% of nursing homes said they had staff shortages that they considered moderate or severe, and 60% said that their situation had gotten worse since January. So even though this is a new survey, the problem is not new, and there have been similar findings from previous surveys. But in any case, I find it really concerning, and I think it's worth shining a spotlight on. Definitely, Ellen. And I know this is a topic you're passionate about, and it's a key part of the healthcare workforce. So we know that nursing, the nursing home workforce, which is largely made up of nurses' aides, personal care workers, and certified nursing assistants, for decades has suffered from low wages, minimal training, poor working conditions, often no benefits, and jobs that are often basically dead end. So not surprisingly, there's been extremely high turnover. That being said, is there any solution to this workforce shortage problem? Well, in a Forefront article that we published last month, uh, which we'll also put in the show notes, Mary Ursek described a lot of these issues, and she highlighted two bills that have been introduced in Congress that um, are are aimed at improving the nursing home industry, the Nursing Home Improvement and Accountability Act and the Nursing Home Reform Modernization Act. Neither one of them has moved out of committee since being introduced last year. Um, But it's also um, worth noting that in February of this year, the White House announced new efforts by CMS, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, to improve um, quality, safety, and oversight of nursing homes. 
So this initiative has lots of moving parts, and I just want to point out two in particular because of their focus on nursing home workforce issues. So CMS is encouraging states to link Medicaid nursing home payments to clinical staff wages and benefits, and also plans to launch a national nursing career pathways campaign uh, to help recruit and train and transition workers and create career paths so that direct care staff can eventually become RNs and LPNs. Uh, And those are just a couple of examples of what uh, the administration is doing. And we'll put the full announcement in the show notes. Given that all of the baby boom generation will have turned 65 by the year 2030, I think we're going to see a lot more focus on long-term care workforce issues in the next few years. Well, that sounds like a great place to wrap up for today. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode, please tell a friend and leave a review. It helps people find the show. Subscribe to Health Affairs This Week wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks, Ellen. Thanks, Jess.